Hi, everybody. It's Burke Allen live in Miami at the beautiful Miami Hilton Bloom Lagoon Resort. Why am I here? Well, partly because it's wintertime, but also because it's the Reader's Favorite Awards. They were kind enough to ask me to come down and hang out and talk with all these award-winning authors. One of them joins us in our palatial broadcast studio today. Lorena Hoops is the award-winning author of this The Men of Fire Beach series. The book that is winning the award is called In the Light of Day. And Lorena, first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. Second of all, you are a former radio personality. I am. So I grew up in Texas. And uh, when I was in high school, I was like, wow, this would be really cool to be in radio. And so I just went out to my local radio station and um, they were like, ah, we don't really know if this is going to work. And can you put something together? So I literally did it on an old boom box with a tape deck. You're dating yourself. I know. And uh, but I sent it in and got hired. And so I was Lori Fox on um, KLLL and KMMX for several years. And then I moved to Midland for a little bit. And then I came back to Lubbock. Um, and then I met my husband and moved out of Texas. So I stopped doing radio because we moved to Washington and we did not live near where near Seattle, where all the radio stations are. So I was like, oh, I got to go get a new job. But I miss it. So this is nice. Well, we're happy to have you on the microphone. Rocking the mic once again. Thank you. Thank you. Lubbock, Texas, hometown of one Buddy Holly. Yes, indeed. Buddy Holly. So there's a statue there. You can go look at the statue. That's about all there is in Lubbock. (laughs) Every time I fly home, my dad's like, do you miss it? And I'm like, well, I miss you guys. But it's very flat and very brown and very windy. Um, And there's a lot of restaurants and churches. That's what Lubbock offers. I see. All right, so it's not Miami. It is not Miami. This view is beautiful and much warmer than Washington State right now. We actually are, just to paint that picture for you, uh, in the ninth floor of this beautiful resort overlooking Blue Lagoon Bay while we talk to you, so hopefully we won't be too distracted. I know, right? This is beautiful. And all the planes flying in, I've just enjoyed watching them. It's so so crazy. They're From so close. all over the world. Yeah. yeah they're kind of right at the level of our, our studio window. Okay, enough of that. We need to talk about this book that wins awards. Yes. So, first of all, uh, is it just that you wrote these books because you like men in uniform? Tell me more. <laughs> this is about a fireman, right? Well, I mean, who doesn't love a woman in uniform? Uh, my husband is retired from the Air Force, so I do have to say there's a little bit of soft spot there. Uh-huh. So, I have written, this is um, probably about my 50th book, honestly. Um, so, I have several series, and most of them are just straight Christian romance. And then um, this book, actually, the series got inspired because a character in a previous series, um, she was on a TV reality show, and she was going to be a spinoff in that series, but I was going to call it The Cop's Fiery Bride, and then I was like, oh, but there's going to be a lot of suspense in this, which doesn't really fit with the rest of the series, so I was like, oh, I'll just create a romantic suspense series, so I did, and that was Fire Games, which is the first book in the series, All right. um, and so it does, it follows cops and firefighters and detectives, and it's kind of like a TV sitcom in the fact that all of the characters kind of pop back up in different books. Each book follows a different character, um, but the ones that you've met previously, you'll see again. So it's kind of like coming home to new friends. It's like Cheers. You're walking in, Norm! Um, <laughs> you, get to, you get to see those characters again. 
So this one follows uh, Deacon, who's a firefighter, and he kind of had um, a rough past. I always loved stories of redemption. And then he, um, he found God, he changed his life around, and he gets a call from his ex. And um, she has witnessed a crime and thinks that people are after her. She doesn't know who to trust because she went to the cops and they're requiring her to go to therapy. And she feels like something weird is happening with the therapist. So she reaches out to Deacon because he's the last person that she trusts. And so he goes to see her, finds out that she has this kid that he knew nothing about. And um, of course, dangerous things ensue and he has to try to get her out of town safely. Um, and there's a twist with this one that I'm not going to tell your readers although I told you last night, so don't don't share it. Okay. Um, because you have to read the book, and then at the end you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. But um, I inserted a special character that kind of goes with the, the Christian theme of this one. So I want to ask you about that. And by the way, Lorena, hoops. 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 Yes, like books. That's, that's what right. I tell people. Is uh, a USA Today best-selling author, also an award winner, and she's our guest on the show today. I want to ask you about uh, this thing that you referenced. It's a, a Christian suspense novel. What does that mean to the average book reader when you say it's a Christian book? Yeah, so this is really tricky in the book world because there are people who write Christian and they're like, well, my character prays and went to church, so it's Christian. And then there is the other side of like, that's not enough. We really want some depth. So when I write Christian fiction and romance, it tends to be more on the grittier side in the fact that I want to show these characters who have flaws and I want to show how even if they are Christians, like their life is not perfect, they're going to make mistakes, but they have this higher calling, this higher being um, that guides them back to the right path. And so in my books, it's much more than just they pray and go to church. There's there's usually some sort of life change that happens or some um, like really necessary like prayer to get them through. Um, like I said, in this particular one, there's a character who you wouldn't normally find if it wasn't in a Christian romance that helps them along the way uh, That's how, that was actually based on a story. I read. So I always try to make it a little bit deeper. And it's interesting because sometimes I'll have people, I wrote a book once about this uh, guy who was very much a playboy. And then he finds out that he has this daughter he didn't know of and he has to become a dad. And I had this reader reach out to me. She was like, I can't read this because he dates all these women. And I was like, but he's gonna have a conversion. Like he has to have a flaw and he has to get better. Um, and so, you know, that's the tricky thing with Christian romance is there are certain things you can't do that like really trigger people. But there's also this line of like, I want it to be real and not just, I grew up reading Christian romance, but it was always, everybody was perfect. Everything was great. And I was like, these books are so boring because that's not life. Life's not like that. You know, we all have these trials and tribulations. And so it's about leaning on somebody who's going to give you the power to get through. What made you decide that you wanted to write in that world as opposed to just writing uh, a suspense book or a romance book? Um, when I started writing, um, one thing that I did, and it was funny because somebody asked me about this last night about pen names, I decided not to do a pen name because I wanted to really stay true. And that's another thing with like, holding to that Christian faith, it's really, really easy, especially in the romance world, because the spice is what sells. Um, and I never wanted to be tempted to do something that would go against my Christian faith. So I knew as a teacher and as a Christian, like people would look up my name, they would look up my books. I wanted it to be something that I could be proud of that I wouldn't ever worry that my students read. Right. And so I write in this because I feel like this is some a way to reach people without being super preachy. So these characters go through those same struggles. 
struggles. They go through the same hardships. They make terrible mistakes, um, but then they apologize for them, which is something I think really is lacking in this world today is we've stopped apologizing when we make mistakes. We think it's like this horrible thing. Like we can never say, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be actually being like, you know what? I'm human and I'm really sorry that I hurt you and I would love to you know, make this better. And so that's what I wanted to bring out in these books is just that um, that aspect that really encourages people to listen and realize that there is something else that we can do. We can make a change to make this world better, but it is going to require listening to each other and apologizing when we make mistakes. So, Lorena, you just mentioned you're a teacher. Yes. But you're writing a book about a firefighter, and you've written about <laughs> policemen and all that. So what, what research is involved, or do you just kind of make it all up? No, I mean, there's a little bit of research involved. I, I always try to be as realistic to the characters as I can. So I'll do deep dives in the researches um, to find out kind of about the life. Uh, if I can find people, I have a firefighter friend. She's a, a mom of one of my kids' friends. Um, so I've talked to her and kind of gotten a little bit of insight. So I always try to make it as personal as I can. And if it's not something that I would be sure of, I don't write it. So like if there is a real day-to-day like thing in this firefighter that I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly how they would handle it and I haven't found out that answer yet, I won't put it in because I want it to be authentic. Um, I don't want it to be, you know, something where somebody who is a firefighter or married to a firefighter would be like, oh my gosh, that would never Never happen. Right. Right. So I want it to try to stay as accurate as possible. Lorena Hopes is our our guest today. She's a reader's favorite award-winning author, USA Today bestselling author, written 50-ish Yeah, Yeah, I think I just published my 51st book. So there may be somebody listening to the podcast right now who says, I've always wanted to write a book. I didn't know how to do it. How do you do it? What's like step one? How do you get off go on the Monopoly board? Yeah, so step one is, it sounds really simple, but it's like, do it. Um, Because a lot of people will start writing and then they're like, oh, I just don't know if I have enough to say. Um, I teach a creative writing class in my high school. And that's one thing I tell the kids. I'm like, even if it's terrible, get the words on paper, because then we can look at it and we can make edits and we can change it and we can make it better. But if you never actually start, you're never going to go anywhere. And my first book was like that. I've been writing little books since I was a little kid because I love to read. And so I wrote these little stories. I used to illustrate them myself, which was terrible because I am not an illustrator by any means. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was like eight. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, I want to write these books. But I could never get like the middle kind of going. And then one day, my very first book, um, I really just felt like God telling me he was like, write this book. And it's it had a pro-life slant, was very pro-life series. And I was like, oh, God, nobody wants to read this book right now. Like, especially where I live, this is not a cool topic. Um, And God was just like, no, I really need you to write this book. And so I fought him for like a week. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I could not sleep until I had just words in my head. And so finally one day I was like, okay, I'm just going to put them down. Maybe nothing will ever come of this. And so I would get up and I would write until I ran out of words. And then I would shut my computer. And the next day I would wake up and I would have more words. And I finished that book in a month. And I was like, oh, holy cow, what was that about? And so I, I put the book out there and I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of done. And then my mom was like, no, I need Sandra's story too. Like you got to go tell Sandra's story. And I was like, oh, I guess I could tell Sandra's story. And once that happened, it like unlocked this like dam in my brain to where then stories were just like, all the time. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to write this story. I need to write this story. I need to write this story too. And my husband gives me a really hard time because he was like, you are always on your laptop. And I was like, dude, there are people talking in my head 
all the time. And if I don't write it down, it makes me crazy. Like there is a, I have two covers of books I've bought that I haven't written yet. And they're like, hey, it's our turn. When are you going to write our book? And I'm like, I can't do it yet because I set up a pre-order and I got to finish this one by March. So I've got to work on this one first. And then I will get to your book. I promise. Except I never do because working full time, it's really challenging with the writing time and then I started narrating audiobooks and so that took up a a big chunk of time too which is great I love it it's like a little play in my theater in my studio every day so I'm like this is awesome it's like radio and theater all combined and I get to read other people's works and bring it to life but it does take up a lot of my writing time so with your background as a a radio talent and now that you share that you narrate some audiobooks you're gonna go back and do the narration on any of your own Oh, I, I do. I, I have narrated. This book is available on my YouTube channel. It's available on my Shopify store. It. I read it. Yep. Oh, very cool. Um, I did my first couple of books I hired out because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I had this one narrator who was just awful. My readers didn't like him. And I was like, oh, this is gross. What am I going to do? And my husband's like, why are you even doing that? Why aren't you doing this yourself? And I was like, because I don't know how. And he was like, you used to do radio and you've done theater. Like, get a mic and figure it out. So I started in my closet upstairs with this little bitty mic and I put them together and I was like, okay, this isn't great, but I put it out there and my readers loved it because it was me telling my story and I knew how the characters should sound. Sure. And so I I started upgrading my equipment and then um, once I felt happy, I shared it with some of my author friends and I had some of them who would be like, oh my gosh, would you record my book? And I was like, I would love to record your book. Um, So now I have a studio in my house and uh, I have probably about 12 authors that I narrate for. And um, I always try to keep my prices low because, you know, I'm an indie published author and I know it's super expensive. Right. Um, And so I have, you know, a discount for indie authors who want to get their books out so that they can get it out and it not be AI. And they have someone who knows how to, like, add their, you know, characters and stuff. And and my only qualifier is I only read clean stuff. So if you have spicy stuff in your book, I don't read it for the same reason. Like, my name's attached to it. I want to be true and authentic. So That makes sense. All right. Very good. So just do it. Just get started. Just do it. It's the hardest part. And once you start, like there will be times you'll be sitting there. I always tell my kids too, I'm like, if you get to the end of a scene and you know it's not done, but you don't know what to do next, move on to the next scene. Because when you finish the book and then you go back, you'll start reading it and be like, oh, here's where I can add in more of that scene. But if you just stare at the laptop and that stupid blinking cursor, you're never going to do anything because it's just frustrating you. And you're like, I don't know what I should write next. So skip to the next thing that you actually have in your head because that's going to trigger those things to get going who's your first reader who was my first reader um well probably my mom honestly um, and what about now like if, if you uh, put one out do you have a beta reader that you send it to and go yes. oh, this is suck this is okay <laughs> yes in fact my last book I was like I don't know if this is working so I sent it out to beta readers so I have a Facebook group um, and in that group I ask people like hey who's got time to do beta readers I have a couple who are fantastic um, and so I love when they read it because they'll tell me like when things are missing with the story um, I have some who are just like yeah it's great but I'm like you like everything I write so I need yeah. a little more than that but I usually send it to at least a couple of beta readers to make sure the story works and then after that I send it to ARC readers. And so my ARC readers read it and they catch any typos and stuff I miss. And then generally, if I'm not backed up to a deadline, I also narrate it before I publish it so that I catch any of the last minute errors. And for folks who are listening that don't know what an ARC reader is, that is a... An advanced reader copy. So they get um, the book for free and then in exchange, they go and they leave an honest review for me on Amazon or any of the the places that they're on. So I love it when they leave it everywhere because my books are wide. They're not just exclusive to Amazon. 
so now they can leave them on you know barnes and nobles and apple and google play and now my website too so that's really cool what is the website and where can people find the books? Yes, the website is authorlorenahoops.com. So that's uh, L-O-R-A-N-A-H-O-O-P-E-S. That's how you spell it, dot com. Um, and all of my books are listed there. You can find the ebook, you can find the audiobook, and you can find the paperback. We should stop just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> You know, what's really funny is when I teach, my desk is always cluttered and my kids always ask me, they're like, how are, how do you, how are you so productive? And I was like, well, when I get home, there's a schedule. Like I pick up my kids, I hang out, we have dinner. I record for an hour. I send those files off to an editor because I finally got an editor. I was like, I don't have time to edit these things anymore. I put my kids to bed and then I go write for an hour and then I go to sleep and start it all over again. So weekends is generally where I put some more stuff in, but it's always funny because I'm such an organized chaos everywhere else. But this has to be organized because otherwise I won't get stuff done. Author Lorena Hoops.com. L O R A N A. Last name H O O P E S. USA Today best selling author. The latest book, if I'm correct on this, is In the Light of Day. And it's part of the Men of Fire Beach series. That is correct. All right, good. I passed the test? You did. That was fantastic. Congratulations on winning the award. Thank you very much. It was super exciting to win the award. Live in Miami for the Reader's Favorite Book Awards. I'm Burke Allen. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Speaker Match for sponsoring the show. Remember, new episodes every Tuesday of the Big Time Talker podcast. Spotify, Apple iTunes, iHeart, wherever you download them. Like them uh, and subscribe and tell a friend. Thank you for being here. Now go out and make it a great day. Bye, everybody.